Hello again, dragons. This is Kenny Rotter here with another special episode. This past weekend, I was fortunate enough to be at the Nightmare Nights convention out in Dallas, Texas. I was actually there for a Tough Mudder, and there happened to be a My Little Pony convention. So I looked into it, and I decided to attend. And it was one of the best conventions I had ever attended. All my love goes out to everybody over there at Nightmare Nights. Such an incredible time. So much fun. So many great events that they had planned. And they set me up with a couple of amazing interviews. Um, this will be a two-parter, so you're going to get the first part today. You are going to get the second part on Friday. This interview segment is with uh, four people associated with My Little Pony. Uh, we have Kelly Sheridan, who is the voice of Starlight Glimmer on Friendship is Magic. Then we have Amy Keating Rogers, who has been a writer on the show since season one. And then we have two other voice actors, Brenda Critchlow, who voices Zakora the Zebra, and Peter New, who is the voice of Big Mac. Anyways... I hope you guys enjoy it. We do talk about a lot of really awesome stuff, not just My Little Ponies. Uh, turns out Amy and Peter are big Disneyland fans. And then Kelly is a huge board game fan, so we talked a lot about our favorite board games. And yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, as usual, rate, review, please, on iTunes. Spread that social currency. Spread the news of this. And if there's anything you'd uh, like me, any feedback you'd like to give me, please let me know. Have a good one. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm always a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. We are here with. Kelly Sheridan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am exhausted. Oh, well, we, that was going to be my second answer. That was going to be your second answer. Um, it's too much fun. We ran a 12-mile race this morning. Oh, I'm not tired because of that. <laughs> Why did you do that? Um, it was actually I it's a couple of friends of mine's birthday and so that's why I flew out here for to do a tough mutter with them this morning. And then I was like, there's a pony convention. I've never been to a pony convention. <laughs> And I was super excited, and then I've been talking with Steve and some other people, and then we've been, if we haven't been running or sleeping, we've been here. Right. And it's it's a total trip. I love now, it. Now, the Tough Mudders, like, you go through mud, right? Yes. Like, you're doing the obstacle coursey slog running over tires, mud, and yes. ogres beat you up, and all that jazz. That's yes. what happens, right? That's no, what happens, No right? ogres this year. Oh. But... Honestly, there looked like there were some people that I wanted to avoid because I'm like, you look kind of like an ogre. <laughs> and just in the mean sense. Um, and how did you do? We finished. Good. That's all you can hope That's, for, right? That, it, that, was, that was the goal. Yeah. Um, there was eight of us and we all but one finished. That's one, awesome. Yes. So it was a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of team building. You want to do one next year? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, I'll stand on the sidelines and cheer you guys on. <laughs> you were one of the original voices on My Little Pony way back in the original series, right? I was in, what was it, Andrew? Is it G2? Is that what they call it? The season I was first on? The My Little Pony Tales? 
Is it G2? Is that what it was? Anyway, there's been a lot of generations in My Little Pony. So, yes, I was first on My Little Pony when I was 13 years old. It was one of my first gigs. Oh, wow. How how has the fan base changed in that amount of time? kind of... I mean, dramatically. There kind of wasn't much of one back in the day. They were all kids. It was a show designed for kids, and that's who watched it, and... You know, that was kind of it. I'm sure, you know, there are probably some adults that watched and collected the toys and stuff, but not nearly to this extent where it's this there fandom a, that's really taken on this newest incarnation as their own thing. And There was no brony revolution in the 80s. Not not yet, no. And that was actually the mid-90s. They did another season oh, okay. before that in the 80s right. that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah? But then I was not. So. <laughs> were you really, like, were you excited when you, is a show that you watched and then were on yeah, uh, My Little Pony was the th- the first thing I bought when I started getting an allowance as a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I had Minty the My Little Pony. When they had the first generation, they only made six of them or something. Yeah. And they didn't have cutie marks. They were like kind of blocky, cool things, kind of monochromatic. Yeah, I can remember going to, the, going to the bay, the Hudson Bay Company in Canada with my mom <laughs> and buying a My Little Pony. I remember it was my sister would be playing with the My Little Ponies, and then I would be playing with the Ninja Turtles and then we would they would get together and they would fight crime and as as one does right um and it's a total trip right now because now I'm trying to get my nephew her son uh into ponies Uh and she's like why do you watch this show and I'm like hey it's entertaining yeah and um super well written super well drawn and I I've been reading everybody's bios so I don't want to get them mixed up but you play Starlight Glimmer I do on Friendship is Magic in addition with other voices yeah and we know this season Starlight Glimmer has gone through some changes. Yes. Do you like playing her more villain or struggling hero? Um, playing bad guys is really fun. I won't lie to you. It's very, it's like a fun little indulgence. So I got one episode this season where it was a um, retelling of the uh, Christmas Carol. So I got to play kind of the Scrooge character. And- yeah. Got to revisit her villainous roots, so that was really fun. So it is super fun playing a villain, but it's it's been great playing her struggling because she had this big epiphany at the end of season five where she decided, okay, I'm going to change my ways, but it's not like she's suddenly a goody two-shoes in season six. She really struggles. She's never had a friend. Well, not since she was little. So she yeah. struggled with the idea of, like, what does that mean? And that's really interesting as an actor to play a character that is constantly kind of in turmoil and trying to she's been put into this new world in this new role and trying to figure out what that is so like i guess from a sophisticating acting, <laughs> acting standpoint that's fun and challenging but just playing up a, a straight up baddie that's that's, that's also really fun too yeah, yeah. I, I can see that how that dichotomy would would work it's always fun to be the bad guy it's really fun cuz then you can take that you can take that you know mask off at the end of the day yeah you get to temporarily be a really bad person and you paid for it you can <laughs> indulge in this like meanness but no one gets hurt. In fact, people like it. They enjoy it. They go, yeah, yeah, more of that when you're, yeah. when you're mean. So that's fun. Um, do you have um, a favorite pony outside of Starlight Glimmer, That one that maybe you most relate to personally? Yeah. I don't know if they necessarily are ponies I relate to, but my favorites on the show are my favorite of the main six is Fluttershy because I love animals and I love 
kindness. So she's great. We could all use a little bit more of that. Yeah. And that's something I strive for in my personal life is to be more kind. It's like, you know, so that's always important to remember. And I love Maude. I just love her dry. (laughs) I love Ingrid's dry delivery. It's so so, great. And she's so well-written. Just, yeah, she's great. And it's like, it's, it's really funny because she is so dry, but when she does say like, she's excited about something, I get it because she said the words. She's very literal. Yeah, she I is. Love her. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, and her she her performance, Ingrid's performance is so nuanced. She finds so much range in that tiny little box that she's given yeah. of like you really can't do you can't do much intonation wise, but she knows how to sort of dial like just a little bit this way or just a little bit that way to Yeah, she's great. So she's a great character. I wanna segue a little bit because you were in one of my all time favorite Motion comics, or yeah, Astonishing X Men. Yeah, how was that? Amazing. So you're a Joss Whedon fan? Yes. I, I know that's an understatement, <laughs> right? I'm, yeah, in the well, same way. I, I actually was at a panel at San Diego Comic Con with him, and everybody would get up and they'd be like, "I'm the biggest fan. I'm the biggest fan." And I was like, "I'm an average fan." <laughs> and then I asked him such a deep question that he was like, "You're not an average fan." <laughs> Yeah, that was fantastic. That was a that was a dream job because yeah. just to be an, on anything that he's written is amazing. And then the scripts are his treatment scripts for the comic that he wrote to who's the lead illustrator of the motion comics? It was John something. Do you remember? I'm anyway, not, I'm not that big of a fan. Yeah. Like I'm, not that. I'm an average fan. I'm an no. average fan. <laughs> uh, but the scripts were the original, whatever they call them when you're writing a comic script or treatment. And so the stage directions are like, John, we want her to look like this, but not too much like this. You know, like she has gas. Like it's things like that. <laughs> Just the stage directions are his little notes to the dude that did all the illustration. So I got to read those. Like, That's have the cool. script. It's amazing. And it was verbatim. They were very clear when we were recording the show that they wanted each line to be exactly as written in the comics. I can see that. And, so and it was it, a lot of fun. It ended up beautiful. Yeah, I like motion comics. They're very kind of contentious. Some people love them and some people don't. But I kind of like that middle ground between a cartoon and a comic book. Like, it's kind of neat. Sometimes with me, it's I don't have time to sit down and read. Like, reading an entire comic can take me a little a while. I'm a slow reader. Talk to my wife about that one. Um, <laughs> but just sitting down and being able to put it on TV is just, it's a lot, it's a lot nicer. Yeah. Lot and it's faster. not a cartoon. It still has that thing where your brain has to fill in the blanks between panels, you know? Yeah. Which is something fantastic about comic books is that it engages your imagination. I think motion comics do that. For sure. As well. They just have some neat, like, voice acting and some yeah. extra stuff. When you're not working, what do you nerd out about? What is your fandom of choice? Board games. Board games? Mm-hmm. Have you played Pandemic? Yeah, of course I've played Pandemic. Dude, look at that, Come on. that attitude. I was like, <laughs> she's like, duh, bro. Never had an outbreak ever. Oh, no. Plenty of outbreaks. Plenty of outbreaks. Yeah. Pandemic, uh, Agricola. I've never um, heard of that. Oh, it's, it's so, the app is super cute. Yeah. Get the app on your iPad. It's the cutest. Okay. You're a little, you're a little farmer and you're creating a little, um, family and you create a little farming, like farming plot and you have animals. And so in the app, the sheep are super cute and they're fluffy and they kind of wander around. This sounds wonderful. Yeah. You can play okay. a solo game and you can play multiplayer. Oh, very cool. It's awesome. Are you at all an Evil Dead fan? The horror movies with Bruce Campbell. Uh, I'm not, actually. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. 
there's a really cool. Am I still allowed to stay? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, there's an Evil Dead Two board game coming out oh. in April, and it's very pandemic esque. Cool. So I just wanted to share board game. So instead of a disease, it's zombies. It's, to- it's zombies. It's these deadites, but also to win, you you're you're all a band of humans. But each of you has a secret task that you have to accomplish to win the game oh, that, that can sometimes betray your group. Oh. And then if you reach a certain level, there will be turns where you turn into a zombie and then turn back normal. And so... I know someone where this is going to make a very good Christmas present for them. When does it come out? April. Oh. A good next year's Christmas <laughs> There you go. Planning ahead. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's just it's a fun game. What are some of your other favorite board games? Uh, let me see. What else do I love? I know you love animals, but have you ever played Exploding Kittens? I've played Exploding Kittens. Okay. Are yep. you a fan of Exploding Kittens? I like Exploding Kittens. I think Exploding Kittens is a good, quick, I don't, you know, t- like game to play with sort of anybody across the board who's n- maybe not into games or really into games. The graphics are super cute. It's like funny and... Yeah. Fun. yeah it's, like it's, it. it's really fast. It's a nice, sometimes inappropriate way to uh, to get to know people. Yeah. Your friend's a little bit better. Yeah. Who's going to screw you over with an exploding kitten? I like exploding. I like the analysis paralysis games. I like the quick card games, but I also, I, my preference is the one that you sit down and play for three hours. So, Oh, yeah? Uh, like Settlers? Settlers, like Settlers, settlers. like Carcassonne. I like um, T-Cal, and I like, I play a lot of board games. I play a lot of board games. Good. They're all really good. Ticket to Ride is fun. One of my new favorites is Ladies and Gentlemen that a friend got me for my birthday. It's super sexist and really fun. (laughs) So you play on a team. You're a gentleman and a lady team. And the gentlemen and ladies play separately. There's three phases to each round. And in the morning, the ladies go shopping and the gentlemen go to the stock exchange. And in the (sighs) afternoon, I can't remember what happens with the ladies... They they try on their outfits or something, and the gentlemen trade their stocks. And the evening, you come together, and the ladies say, "This is what I, this is what I would like to purchase today." And they have to get the men's permission because the men make the money to to pay for the outfit. And then whoever has kind of the most points in their outfit at the end of the night, like wins. This is atrocious. It's fantastic, but there's so much kind of role playing and crap talk that happens. And of course, whenever we play, the genders are all mixed up with the ladies and gentlemen. So you could easily have four lady gentlemen and four, you know, vice versa. Four gentlemen, lady. It's fantastic. It's really great. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I have a friend who's a DJ, and so he'll he'll put together a playlist for our game, and you have you can drink whatever you want as long as you drink it out of a fancy glass, like a champagne glass or martini. Okay, so you can have like. Miller High Life in your champagne flute. Yes, you can drink you can have whatever you want. It can be Sunny D, but you have to drink it out of a champagne glass. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great. You are super fun. Thanks. You're like, super fun too. High five. <laughs> yes. Super fun. Um, <laughs> I want to like talk more about ponies, but I'm like, now I just want to go play board games. Yes, me too. Um, I'm sure there's a place to do that here. What is it like being a part of a television show that A is has a huge amount of adult male fans, but more so you're playing a strong, struggling female character. Has have have you had any instances talking to fans where they've where that character has helped them through a struggle or anything oh, along yeah. those lines? But, I mean, there's sort of countless times that people come up and say, you know, I really relate to Starlight because I was a lot like her or 
I actually figured out an analogy yesterday that I'm pretty proud of where I kind of think of her as a recovering addict in a way where she's a magic addict. She's addicted to power. You know, she's super powerful and she's addicted to control. She has this big epiphany. And then it's not like everything's kind of sunshine and rainbows after that. Then she has to do the kind of tough work of... Of, of living what she's said she's, you know, living the way she's yeah. putting her, what is the metaphor I'm looking for? But anyways, living the way she said she's going to. She has to um, live up to her word. Yeah. Like, she said she doesn't want this power, but if she goes back and tries to usurp all this power again, what's the point? It's, yeah. it's about living authentically to what you've said you're going to do. Right. So I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, I really relate to her because I struggle making friends. And people think I'm this way, but I'm really not. Or I've changed, but I don't know how to convince people that I have. And she's taught me how to do that, that I just have to be brave and kind of own up to my mistakes and do it anyway. Or people that judge the character, you know, people that said, Oh, I really didn't like her when she was bad, but, and, but she's winning me over. And then I see them at another convention a few months later when a few more episodes have aired and they're like, no, I actually really like her now. (laughs) And I think that's so relatable in that I don't need everybody to love her. I kind of like that I've had to that the characters had to earn people's respect and trust because that's what happens and trust yeah. that's what happens in life you can't just say i've changed you have to you, you know to put show. your money where your mouth is yeah, you that's to- the metaphor i was looking for <laughs> <laughs> you have to live by doing live by showing you just can't tell people you know for example if you break a plate and you look at the plate and you say oh i'm sorry right plate's not fixed yeah yeah you've got, you've got to bust out the masking tape and the super glue <laughs> Oh, I don't want to, I, I, I'm, they told me to be very strict on time. So I'm trying to like, I know, right? So he's shaking. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's like, as soon as you're done, (laughs) we're going to be over. Um, (laughs) We only have a few more minutes. Okay. Uh, What, what else are you working on? If anything right now that, that we should be on the lookout for? Um, there's a series called Lolly Rocks on network, on Netflix. That's really great. That's about three teenage superhero pop star aliens. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting a little gem in the holograms from that. <laughs> yeah. With the pop star. Yeah. Not so much the aliens. Vibe. So Vincent Tong, who's also actually several people who are on ponies are on that show, but Vincent Tong and I play the bad guys. So we play evil, Ooh. evil twins. That's cool. Yeah. And that's really fun. So we play off of each other. That's out. Uh, I'm in sausage party right now. Seth Rogen yes. sausage party. That's a little uh, bit of a different demographic. Yeah. Than yeah. the ponies. Well, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Yeah, it's a different a feel. Yep. So that's Which, out right now. Did you hear that it was before an animated movie? I think it was before Fandy, Finding Dory. They showed the trailer for Sausage Fest. Oh. And I was like, somebody Ooh. spliced that yeah. together wrong. <laughs> Just animated no. doesn't mean for kids anymore, <laughs> no, it really man. Doesn't. You got to look at the rating on that one. I think Sausage Party was must have been rated R. So that's happening. Uh, I'm on a new dub of Beyblade. That's been announced. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know. You'll have to check it out. Oh, Beyblade is like, do you know the game Beyblades? I, I don't. They've made it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll check it out. Okay. There we go. Again, so that's happening. Put, put that <laughs> remind me to get that on the I knows, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to happening. have him. There's it's it's our on. first pony con, so we're like figuring everything out as we go Welcome along. Welcome to the herd. Now All you're right. in the fold. I'm glad. This is a fun family to be a part of. It is. Aren't they nice? It's a good Everyone gang. Everyone has been super nice. Yeah. I find that if you're. A grown adult watching My Little Ponies, you'd have to be a little bit humble. Like, you can't be kind of a jerk to everybody. Yeah, I think so. I just think, duh, friendship, magic. Don't be mean. 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> Who isn't going to get on board with that? <laughs> You'd be a jerk not to. All right. Um, I have taken up. Uh, we are at the end of our time, but I just want to say thank you so much for thank sitting you. down with me. I, really I know it was, it, was, it. it was totally lightning round. That was awesome. Yeah, we'll do it again, right? I hope so. At the next so. convention, now that you guys are part of the fandom. You've been writing on Friendship is Magic mm-hmm. since season one. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my first questions <laughs> is how has the fan base changed over the last six years, if at all? Hmm. Um, I mean, at first there was no fan base, of course. Uh, and then, I don't know, I don't think it, that it's changed. It's just grown a lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what started as whatever, a thousand people has just, you know, exponentially grown sure. and, and BronyCon can be like 5,000 people or something ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, people are still nice and, you know, love the show and, and all that stuff. So that's the same. Did you ever expect adult men <laughs> to just be so, so passionate he, about your show? Um, I didn't expect it, but I wasn't surprised when it happened because I worked on the Powerpuff Girls. And on Powerpuff, we actually had a male fan base also. It just really? wasn't this, you know, was, didn't explode in this way because the internet wasn't what it was when Powerpuff was popular. So, it, you know, it was very, very different. There's a guy known as Detective Kemper who ran uh, the Pokeyokes fan fiction library and there was another dude his name's christopher um so i was in communication with these guys because in uh as uh story editor of uh powerpuff i just i kind of checked on what people what the feedback was with fans and stuff and and so i interacted with these people that's awesome how because you worked on powerpuff girls Mm -hmm. i was actually a fan of powerpuff girls Mm -hmm. but again since there was no Internet. I mean, there was internet. It just wasn't what the internet is is now. You know, by any means. I had no idea that there was another fan base. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, I probably haven't watched every single episode of Powerpuff Powerpuff Girls. Um, There are a lot of them. (laughs) Um, However, me and my wife, my wife and I, Mm -hmm. just finished season six of My Little Pony. Okay. And we we, we just became fans in March. Okay, wow. So you, like, binged like crazy. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um... (laughs) And so now we're trying to deal with a hiatus, and that's mm. weird because we've never right, gone. Have, yeah, right, we've right. never had to deal without no ponies. Right. That's weird. um. So it's it's been weird. How has that experience with fans changed mm-hmm. since Powerpuff Girls low internet? Right. Right. To My Little Ponies high internet. I mean, it's just my interaction with people. You know, I didn't go to conventions obviously with Powerpuff, so I didn't get to. I have I met both. I I know I've met Detective Kemper, but. You know, I, I didn't, I knew of them only through, or mostly through the internet. This, I mean, I guess mostly through Twitter. Like, Twitter didn't exist then. Right. So, so we have all, you know, the Twitter fans. And so that's different. I mean, you get a lot more feedback instantly. And sometimes Which can be good partially. Bad, right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. And I find, you know, when I was working on the show, when one of my ep- episodes would air, I would be super concerned, like, okay, what are people saying? And I didn't have that kind of anxious feeling uh, with Powerpuff at all. Oh. Uh, so it was just a different, a di- different feeling. So now it's, you know, we get so much, fe- you know, we'll, we'll live tweet with, with um, My Little Pony. I guess you didn't get that experience since you watched it. You streamed it on Netflix and stuff. Maybe, did you do that with season six? Season six, no, we watched live. Okay. Well, and- we watched, like, we have all the on-demands. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we watched it on-demand okay. after it aired. Okay. But, you know, on the on the Saturday morning when our episodes would air, 
you know, I'd be on the computer live tweeting little, you know, nuggets of wisdom or little tidbits and things. Uh, and, you know, so that's a completely different experience that people are watching it and checking what we're saying and then responding. And, you know, we have, you know, different writers would be in there and, you know, Big Jim is in there. And so it's, it's much more, the entire experience is much more interactive instead of people would watch it on cable. And then the next day they might write me a note or write it, put something on a board um, about for Powerpuff. Send an email. Yeah. Or, yeah. So it was a lot, it was a lot more calm, I guess, back then. Okay. I can see the pluses and minuses. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Um, what, Obviously, Brony is a huge thing these days. There's been like eight documentaries on Bronies. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I've actually just this weekend come to terms with I am a Brony. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what sort of fandoms are you into? Um, I don't know if I'm into fandoms. I'm. I mean, what shows do I yeah, watch? What shows do okay. you watch? Like, are you a video gamer? I don't. I know not at all. I didn't, I didn't think so. Although there's something called Disney Emoji Blitz on my phone, and <laughs> and I'm a little bit of a junkie for that. And it's okay. just it's you have Disney. Car- I'd show you, except my phone is is being a dick, um, and so um, you you just have to uh, you have to find three. I guess it's like Candy Crush. Okay, yeah. But I never played Candy Crush, so to me this is totally new. So it's like so take okay. Candy Crush, but make it with Disney characters. You're a total gamer. That makes that's you a I'm gamer. such a gamer. Such a gamer. Obviously, you yes. might. Not- like, the thing that I've realized is that mobile gaming mm-hmm. is a thing now. Right. And so you can be a gamer. But that's, like, the first game besides, um, I mean, my family just does the dance games at home. <laughs> that's that's it. Okay. First, and I, I guess Mario Kart, but I suck at Mario Kart. I love Mario Kart. Yeah, I, um, I, it's okay. You I can, love watching it. Right? I sucked at it back when I was at Cartoon Network. We had a gigantic TV and a couch and, you know, the old school Mario Kart. And I was constantly crashing into walls and things or falling off mountains. And I went, okay, I'm not going to play this game. And then we got Wii and, and I tried it. I'm like, I still suck at this thing. So <laughs> I just let other people play. That's good. Yeah. So what shows are you into? Um, my husband and I totally binged Shameless. Recently, and the American with the William American. H Macy. The, so we binged it, and then got to now, now when season six, I think it's season six, premiered, and so now we're just doing it weekly, weekly. like normal people. I'm I'm behind on this season, it's so good. but it is okay. the The love story between Ian and Mickey mm-hmm. is oh, you're behind. <laughs> well, no, no, because I know they broke up at okay. the end of season, mm-hmm. last season. Okay, but yes, their love story was beautiful because it, to see how Mickey kind of... It like, is one of the best relationships. I don't yeah. want to say LGBT relationship or no, heterosexual. It's a, yeah. It was a great relationship. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a phenomenal show. It is. It's a really I great love, show. Oh, God, so good. And, and William H. Macy is the father of one of the girls who goes to my daughter's school. And oh. so, um, and last weekend, um, they had this fundraiser and he was there. Um, but I wasn't there because I was off doing something else. And I was like, great. The one time I could have met at William H. Macy and I didn't have the chance. And he plays the ukulele and he plays actually the same kind of ukulele that I play. So I was going to be like nerdy ukulele bonding, but I missed my chance. So hopefully at some point I will, I mean, there are a couple more years that our girls are at school together. When did you pick up the ukulele? Um, I'm guessing that it's now three years ago. Wow. So my husband gave me a ukulele for my birthday, and I must have tweeted, oh, oh, my husband got me a ukulele for my birthday. 
And so then the fans were like, oh, are you going to play your ukulele at the next convention? I was like, crap, I better learn how to play the ukulele. <laughs> so then I took a community college class and so I, you know, so that it was affordable. And, and if I take a class, um, whether it's, you know, for whatever reason, writing or whatever, then it forces me to then, uh, okay, I better learn this. Yeah. I better practice. So it, it raises the stakes. Yes. It's not just, oh, I guess I can watch it. To me, a YouTube video wouldn't, people are like, oh, I learned through YouTube videos. That wouldn't be motivating enough to me. I need that you, pressure. You need that commitment every yeah. week to go to a class. Yeah. And, and wanting to be the best. And I was. <laughs> Very competitive. <laughs> I guess it, with performing, I am. Okay. Because that's, I'm, I'm a trained actor and I trained in singing. And so, yeah. So I want to be the best performer. I'm not competitive in games and stuff have you ever heard the album ukulele songs by eddie vetter i think somebody gave it to me and it didn't float my boat it's the <laughs> weirdest album yeah it's just i'm just like stick to electric eddie yeah yeah stick to i was electric. just like mm, <laughs> not the kind of ukulele i like I don't think we're alone in this opinion. Okay, okay. Because I didn't want to, like, offend all the Eddie Vedder Eddie, ukulele, Eddie Vedder lovers. ukulele lovers. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. So. Um, what is it? What is it like writing on a show that the, the main six characters are strong, independent females? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you get that a lot. I think you get it a lot more now, but right. when, when we were growing up. Right, you didn't get that. You didn't get that a whole lot. Um, what's, what's that like? I guess it's like, I don't know. About time. <laughs> it's about damn time. <laughs> well, I started as a playwright when I started writing, and when I first started writing, um, like my first play is about a man and a woman. My second play was, I for, uh, it was like six monologues, six all-female monologues. that And like, as I, is that... When I start, so when I started, there was one man in my play, and then for a while there were no men in my plays because I thought I need to give women roles and men have enough roles in theater. So there was one play I wrote where it was supposed to be a man and a woman, and they're in a relationship, and it was pissing me off as I was writing it. I'm like, oh, this character's so good, and I'm giving it to a man. I want a woman to play this, so I just changed it to a woman, and uh, I didn't change the name. The character's name is George, um, and it became a lesbian relationship, and you saw there dealing with the issues that were, you know, that I was writing about. Um, but then I eventually came back around and my, the last play I wrote has three men. It has three men and three women. So it's balanced. But so for me, writing for women is what I've done, um, is, is my point. And so, uh, it was just great. Yeah. I mean, and I prefer writing for female characters. I'm better at it. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily because I'm a woman because Mitch can write well for women. But, you know, I think I have a little insight as a woman to be writing for them. Well, um, getting there's so much that you said there that I just (laughs) is is ringing true to me. But one of the one of my favorite quotes is by George R.R. Martin. Mm -hmm. Someone asked him how he writes such great female characters. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I imagine a woman. And then I pre- <laughs> and then I pretend she's a person. Saying that, as in a lot of people, a lot of men writing women mm-hmm. try to write what they think a woman is. Right. But a woman is just a she's person. She's just a person. We, right. We're all motivated by the same things. Right. So what you were telling me there about how you took this character, George, mm-hmm. and turned him into from a male character to a female character, mm-hmm. that's a great character. Yeah. Because you can 
inter you can change the gender mm-hmm. and it works perfectly. Right. One of the biggest examples I I point out to people is Brokeback Mountain. Okay. Yeah. You switch either one of their genders, mm-hmm. and the movie still works. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really incredible. It's a sign of a good author, a good so mm-hmm. way to go. And so. second mm-hmm. to Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Why wasn't Alexander Hamilton a woman? Ooh, that's a good <laughs> Nice. That would be good. I'm, I'm just kidding. No hate on Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. That show's amazing. Yes. Um, who's your favorite character that you've written so far? On on My Little Pony or um, not My Little Pony? Um, my favorite character, and my favorite characters are on My Little Pony. Um, it's Pinkie Pie because she's so bananas and she's just fun and she sings and I sing a lot and and all of her just kind of blurting out stupid things and being awkward and being zany is it's all in here and so I get to express it through through um you know my writing and Pinky kind of lives it out I did one of those which pony are you Uh uh-huh and I apparently according to my wife as well I am Pinkie Pie wow um I'm very random I will talk to anybody Mm -hmm. I want everyone to like feel good and I want everyone to have a party phone phone for them right right so that's definitely where I I side with Pinkie Pie see Um, I'm I'm actually I'm a lot more shy um like so I'm probably more like Fluttershy in a lot of ways but inside there's Pinkie Pie within me and sometimes she kind of bursts out um and so when i get to write she definitely gets to burst out honestly i've read everyone's bios like mm-hmm. 18 times so i don't know if i'm confusing it you just had a uh, accepted a position with disney yes correct yes congratulations Thanks. yeah i've actually been there a year a year yeah i'm, I'm behind the time no it's okay it probably <laughs> says that i just joined disney so um tell us about that experience if you don't mind not at all um so with um all with pony and all those shows i was a freelance writer and so um i got a freelance job for a it was a it's a book series that they wanted to write shorts to help promote the book series and it's called star darlings so i got that job back in december of was it 2015 2014 would have been 2014 so I got that job and I wrote the shorts and the the gal who um, hired me liked what I was doing and said, hey, do you want to join our team um, and come up with ideas for things? So it was it's this team. Uh, it's called the new IP team. So new intellectual property uh, for DCPI, which is Disney Consumer Products Interactive. Or, <laughs> but there's publishing in there, too. So maybe it's Disney Consumer Products Publishing Interactive. So. <laughs> It's coming up with ideas. Yeah, it's a lot of things, and I never get it right. Um, you come, we're coming up with ideas that are, will hopefully be cross-platform, where it can hit publishing and and toys, and and we'll make shorts or, or longer animated uh, pieces. Um, so that's where I, you know, ended up. And and I'm with a. I hadn't been in an office setting in a lot of years. Probably I want to say twelve years. So um, so okay. it was good to you know, go back to that and have that kind of interaction with people. And it's a really good team. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been really, That's it's been a cool, cool gig. Wish you the best of luck. We Thank want you. you to have a great time with it. I actually want to check the time, okay. but I didn't want to be rude. Okay. We're about out of time. I do. Okay. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, last question. Mm-hmm. I asked two questions if you okay. don't mind. No, I don't mind. Um, what advice do you have for anyone out there who's an aspiring screenwriter? My advice is to take writing classes. Okay. Um, and again, like I mentioned with ukulele, if I have, um, I, I started my playwriting um, 
because I needed to take a final course uh, to fulfill my major when I was in college. Mm -hmm. So my theater major, I needed something, and then playwriting was an option. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll take that. And I I wasn't happy about it. Um, And I was going to drop it and take speech, and my teacher uh, wouldn't let me drop it, and he said, you're going to be good at playwriting. Um, And it turned out I was. Um, And then I continued to take classes because then it really just forced me to write and think in different ways and, and, you know, um, I did something called the Padua Hills Playwrights Workshop, and you would just you there'd be a bunch of us in a room, and we'd be thrown writing exercises, and you just have to write there, and wow. then you you know read them out loud, and you get feedback, um, and that's how I grew and kind of found my voice. Um, so that would be what that's, I, I that's to cool. me that's what that's what worked for me. Excellent. <laughs> Favorite ride at Disneyland. Hmm, there's so many I like for different reasons. <laughs> um, I should have started with this one. <laughs> you should have, because I can like, go through and tell you which ones I like. Oh, gosh. Ah, crap. Well, my, I'm just going to go through. Like My family likes Adventureland a lot. Okay. And so we go to Adventureland, and we do Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, Tiki Room, which isn't really a ride, but it's an It's experience. wonderful anyway. Um, and what else do? Haunted Mansion. So we hit all of those things. Um, and it's so funny. I didn't grow up really focusing on Adventureland. And, um, my daughter and I recently went just by on our own because when you have, when you're a Disney employee, you have passes and you can get in free. And we went to Tomorrowland first and we, um, we did Hyperspace Mountain, which was amazing. I hadn't ridden <laughs> Space Mountain in forever. And then it's Hyperspace Mountain. So it's all Star Wars y. And that just was, oh, awesome. So cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then we went and we did Peter Pan, but we did things kind of backwards. And we didn't even get to Adventureland. And and my daughter said, oh, we didn't even get to the heart of the park. I was like, oh, that's so funny. She thinks of that as the heart of the park park. because that's what we ended up doing when she was a kid. And I think of more like Fantasyland as really being the heart. But I love Mr. Toad. I love Peter Pan. Um, The Mr. Toad where you go through the the hell part? Yeah. That's creepy. Always freaked me out as a kid. And it's so funny. uh, Because of Disney, I've I've read, uh, I've watched the original, uh, the Disney Mr. Toad uh, it's, it's actually like 40 minutes maybe. Yeah. Um, and I wa and I read, um, Mr. the Mr. Toad parts of Wind in the Willows. And he doesn't go to hell in either of those. <laughs> he goes to jail, but. Disney, not accurate. <laughs> well, well, it was just so funny. Even in, I mean, in their, in their, uh, animation, it's more accurate. I don't know what inspired the, the ride designers to go, and then he goes to hell. <laughs> but, I mean, but it is. It's super freaky. And, yeah. and you go, okay, well, this is, and you're hot. It's all sweaty and gross in there. So that, that's a great ride. Yeah, there are too many. Indiana Jones, I, I missed that one. I had kept you for longer than that's I okay, should no have. That's okay. No worries. I should, I should have let you go four minutes ago. That's okay. I'm sorry. No, no. Thank you so much for your sure. time. I absolutely, absolutely. appreciate it. It's um, We should get together and talk Disney some other time. Yeah. Because we could talk for hours. Mm-hmm. The El Capitan is my favorite place to see movies. Yeah. That's a good place. Right. And it has the ice cream shop next to which, next door to it. Which is yeah. horrible for my waistline. <laughs> Well, then you can go run some more <laughs> and have a banana. <laughs> and we've come full circle. And on that note. How are you liking Dallas? I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be back here. This is my yeah. second time. At this convention? to this particular convention. Yeah. Yes. How, do you, how do you like they're, it? They're, it's intimate. It's old friends. I don't know. We, we, we have a great time. It's a great group of people. Yeah. On both sides. Not just the voice actors, but... 
you know, our host, Bob and Jane. It's just fa- fabulous. I don't know. <laughs> Is there much more to say there? Yeah. Well, it's just nice to have a con that's just intimate and organized really well. So I agree. I, I agree. will say 100% kudos to them and the fact that they raised $12,000 wow. for St. Jude. That's amazing. Yeah. I ran the Phoenix Rock and Roll Marathon and raised 500 and I thought I was doing good. Well, if you did that all on your own, that's still good. Hey, every little bit helps, right? Right. And it's it's a cause that I think everyone can get behind. I have two kids, and I'm blessed that both my children um, are healthy and are flourishing. Wonderful. And I haven't had to have any major medical worries or concerns. So the fact that we were able to do this as a community. Yeah. And hopefully that helps out and relieves another family's stress, hardship financially and just emotionally is in this time and space, you need to be able to give back. So besides all the fun and games that happen here. There's a lot of good. It's in a community that does good. That's awesome. Yeah. And and I how do you is that how you find most of the fan base? I mean, you've got you've got obviously you're we're at a My Little Pony convention. You've got the children who are huge fans, obviously the target demographic when it was first created. But then you have the middle-aged mostly male demographic, the bronies. How have you found them at these conventions? Oh, I'll tell you. Well, I think I first got involved right after the birth of what? First child? Yeah, Isabella. And then along came Justin. I knew nothing about the Brony community. I did not my first interview and was saying, the who? The what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> who are these people? I, I did not get it. I did not understand that um, this show has brought together an incredible group of people. And the fact that our motto, among other things, is about friendship and acceptance and magic. Um, <laughs> I had to put predisposed ideas, perceptions, whatever I had in here and accept everything and everybody. I, I, it was beyond my understanding at first and comprehension. And gradually it became more human where you put a face to and a story behind why you're here, why you follow the show, what's been your journey, and the fact that as a community, they've helped so many people. Each yeah. con, there's a story about somebody that um, the community has come together and helped. Who cares if you're a fan that's six or if you're a fan that's 60? I was so... And I don't care what gender you are. Male, I've... female, whatever in between. does not matter in the least. I, I got involved in My Little Pony earlier this year. Um, I, I believe I started watching in March. And it's just been something me and my wife have bonded over. Like, we'll get home from work and we'll sit down and we'll watch a couple episodes. Okay, why? How did you get turned on to the show? It It is something I always knew of bronies and I never really, but I figured, I never really gave it any much thought. And then I thought, you know what? This is probably going to be a show that I'm going to be really into. So I started watching a couple episodes. By the second episode, I was like, this is amazing. Like, Did you an- start with season one? Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, the animation is brilliant. The characters are incredibly well-developed. But honestly, it was especially this year when the world has been filled with darkness and not 
nice things, it was a way for me and my wife to A, connect with each other, but also B, a nice positive escape from bad things happening in the world. Uh, and it was it was just it was it's positive everything in this show is positive it's about people making friends and being kind and being accepting and that was something that I just like I just want to shake people and be like we're more the same than we are different let's not let's be our own little shining lights in our corners of the world I couldn't have said it better <laughs> I should be interviewing you <laughs> you articulated that to a T no but it's true Right. Yeah. Everything that you said is absolutely true, and it's it's something until someone takes a moment and experiences the show for themselves. Usually, somebody hears about it through somebody, and it's no, I couldn't possibly. And then they get hooked, but then they get an opportunity to meet the creators of the show, oh, some yeah. of the writers, some of the designers, the voice actors, and the voice actors. It's been, but it's a huge team. It's not just us. Yeah. It is not just us that puts this whole thing together. I can't give, you know just me or just uh, the main six. Oh, somebody's having a party in there. Uh, it's complete and total credit. It's a whole group. It's a group ensemble effort, right? And what... I actually haven't labeled myself as a brony except probably this weekend. I finally just accepted that term. Uh-huh. <laughs> right on. Um, but I spent a good chunk of this weekend yeah. being made... Like, we came in town for the race I was talking about this morning. Um, it was a tough mutter. It was a tough mutter. Yeah, all right. I got to represent. Respect. No, well, respect. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time being made fun of by the girl we came to visit. It was her birthday and she was making fun of us. Well, making fun of me for wanting to go to a pony convention, watching My Little Ponies. And I was just like, I know you think this is weird, but I guarantee you, you're into at least one thing that I think is weird. So it's like, don't make somebody feel bad for what they're into. Just be like, okay, they're into that. I'm not into that. But then again, I'm into this thing and they might not be into this thing. It's it's something I've said on my podcast numerous, numerous times is, I don't care what you love. I just want you to love more of it. Because that just increases the love that we have going on in the world. And I love it. I don't care what you love, just love more of it. Yeah. So what happened with your girlfriend? With your friend? Did you did did you uh, invite her to come down this weekend? She <laughs> we lives did. here. She lives here. She lives here. We okay, sister her. girl, wherever you are, you know, you make your way down. <laughs> you still have one more day. <laughs> you have one more day to kind of you know open up your eyes, open up your mind, expand just a little bit. Even if you never say you want to want to come back again, at least you stepped foot. Come to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) He, he'd never seen an episode. He'd never been to a con before. This is actually my first con as well. But so we watched two episodes last night, the first two. Oh, okay. uh, brand we, new then. Yeah. Where, where, where we, we defeat Nightmare Moon. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? It's now on the list. It's on the list of things I'm going to catch up on. Right. Uh, Same. Um, I have, so you'll meet, you'll meet a bunch of friends. You'll make new friends. You voice Zakora. Yes. The zebra. Yes. Super awesome zebra. Who was originally an outcast in the show. Mm-hmm. What was that like playing someone who went from an outcast to like trusted advisor on the show? Was there anything? 
fuck can I answer that? What do you think? Um, well, I don't know. I think they still need to flesh her out a little bit because in some ways she is still trusted, but yet she is still on the outskirts because she's off in Everfree Forest by herself. And we don't really know why she's still out in the forest in a hut and the ponies have to sort of come to her or she has to come in. So there is a part that hasn't been fleshed out yet. And I I don't know. I'm not privy to the scripts as to <laughs> we were talking about this on panel, what's coming ahead. I just get my script and then we go to the next. So we talk about it, but we don't know exactly what's coming. Um, I think the neat thing about her season one the lesson in that one for my character anyway don't judge the co- take a second look and don't before you judge the cover of the book right absolutely so that was the start because all the ponies at first were a bit you know who who is this creature and who is this and everybody kept away and said oh she's this that and you can read the whole everybody had some preconceived judgments about uh, Zakora and she gradually dispelled some of those myths um, and that's how that they realized what some of her gifts were Absolutely. so it was a journey that way but there's still a big part that's very mysterious about my character and I would love to see that fleshed out everybody would I would also <laughs> like to see more zebras everybody would <laughs> yeah it's it's been it's been out there <laughs> that's not up to me to see what happens, you should you know. get a spinoff. I should get a spinoff. <laughs> the chorus spinoff. Wow, that would be cool. Although twenty minutes talking in rhyme <laughs> might be a little difficult. You all got to get on board for talk like Zakora Day. Now that's what? A, there's a talk like Zakora Day. I believe it's in September. I think I might have missed my own talk like Zakora Day because I was on <laughs> I was on holiday. I was up country. There was no in Canada, Vancouver. We went up to a cabin which there's no nice. cell phone range there that's gotta be wonderful with the family oh it was great it was great but <laughs> but of course you know every time you get somewhere somebody go <laughs> i have to kind of put it away and just be with family that's it this one's about yeah that is a full day dedicated to talking in rhyme i've participated and I'm not going to say that my rhyming as a person is very, uh, uh, you know, smooth and full of in profound wisdom, but I'll give it a shot because, as I said, I'm on the bandwagon too, and it's kind of fun, and I've made friends all over the world because of this show, right? That's wonderful. I love Zakora. She's my favorite. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Although I've been oh, told- you say that to all the ponies. There you go. No, I've been told. <laughs> just in case, just in case, I better cover my bases. Humble, humble, humble. But if you do really love her, thank you very much. Um. Well, I like. I was a giant nerd in high school, so I felt that outcastedness, which is like why I started this podcast, and because we're focused on nerd and fitness culture. Yeah. And I try to break down the barriers between those two. What kind of nerd were you? Were you a computer nerd? Were you were you a bookworm? Were I was you I was socially just introverted. I was socially awkward. Oh, I was I was like a failed class clown. I would do things that I thought were funny. And that would have been funny if the popular kids did them. Like you know. That's obviously, I think that's some internal internalization. I need to deal with my therapist on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you should, you should be charging. <laughs> no, um, but I was definitely a comic book geek. Like, I was 
a buck twenty soaking wet, like five four, very small, very scrawny. And it was all about comic books and computers and studying hard and all that other good stuff. Um, and then I got into fitness and I made a lot of friends. And as afraid as I was to first go into a gym and start working out, you wouldn't believe how many of my gym friends were scared to go to a comic con because they were Look like, at that. isn't right? that interesting? It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, what are some of your fandoms? Like, is there something like that you really like a TV show, uh, a music group or anything like that? Film and TV wise. I was a huge fan growing up of Clint Eastwood. And when he was mayor of Carmel, um, I was a little shy back then. And I, he had a restaurant, the hogs breath or the hogs Inn or something. Anyway, I was too shy to go over there and go say hi, just in case he happened to be there. <laughs> but I used to watch every sort of spaghetti Western back in the day. My dad was a biology teacher, so he'd be marking papers. And when my sister and I came home from school or what have you, and you know, mom would be doing whatever mom was doing. Um, that's what he would have on. So I used to just hate him at first because we wanted to be watching cartoons or Shazam or Wonder Woman or whatever would be on at that time. And I just started to fall in love with him and how he worked the screens. And I watched just about every Clint Eastwood movie that was ever made back in the day. So if you had to look at who I really idolized besides Clint and his back in the day, you know, Meryl Streep, Helen oh. Mirren, you, you can name a few of the greats and I'll just go out Pacino, Robert De Niro. I'm a fan of some of the older actors. Um, hey, a fan of some of the older actors who yeah. are still, still around, but just do great film oh, yeah. and tell fantastic stories yeah i can't, I can't i'm trying to think musical groups you know i i okay. listen to all genres of music so eclectic i i kind of if i hear i go oh, yeah i love, love that okay love that song. <laughs> oh what was that who was that that was by the goo goo no so I, I, I won't be able to give you exactly musical taste sorry it's okay can't thank you so much for your time oh pleasure <laughs> Brenda, Brenda, shush! Brenda, Brenda! Oh, so good trying to, to answer. Oh, I'm just what? trying to. Huh? E- 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 shut up! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Oh, Peter! Oh, I'm Zicola, oh, rhyming things. Yeah, and I'm Peter New. I have nothing. <laughs> yep. Catch up with you on the other side. <laughs> see you in the studio, you man. Yes, yeah, see you soon. <laughs> and I'm gonna do a little bit of an introduction, so people right. should already All get right. to know you. But you are the voice of Big Mac. I sure am. And for a decent amount of the show, we've only heard a few words from you. Pretty much one word. Well, you know, uh, people often say that, but if one thinks back to season one, episode four, my first word is not, in fact, yuck. Really? No. The first thing I do is I have that whole thing about, uh, that's just what I'm afraid of, or too big for you to handle on your own. I have that whole routine about all the apples in the field and everything that I go through before there are any yups at all. So the yup, I think, is interesting because it's become this uh, associative thing yeah. with me, uh, but subsequent to my first appearance, I, which fascinates me. <laughs> Fascinating. People can write a book. And just in this past season, we did a flashback where yep. you were a little, a little jibba-jabba. 
Yes, that's right. We went back to my teenage years, and uh, and I'm verbose, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. I thought it was a neat, uh, neat choice, and I and I found it uh, it was kind of challenging to, to to look at the character and say, well, what is consistent about that? How do you make this uh, jabbering, arrogant teen into the mute, essentially yup nope guy? Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, in a, in a way, that was kind of easy because I have always, right from the beginning, taken the view that uh, he was bright. I've always thought that he was um, he was a wise character. And sometimes in the fandom, I, I come across people that think he's just some dope because he only says yup and no. But um, for me, no, it's always been about wisdom. Well, a fool has to say something. A wise man has something to say. Correct. And the which is why I talk all the time. <laughs> It's why I run a podcast, so people can, like, purposely tune in to hear me talk. Yeah. <laughs> to hear me just empty my head of all the words in it. Um, there was also the episode where you were, you and Cheerly were under a spell. That's true. I don't, was that first season? No. I think second. I want to say that was second. I want to say that, too. Yeah. Let's say it together. Second, second season. season. <laughs> Oh man, I wish I was drinking with this guy. Why don't you just go and pause it? Go, go and get a drink. No, because we only got till seven forty. You heard. Yeah, you right, heard you're him. Right. I heard him. He's a taskmaster. Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that should be the like the big boss in <laughs> the end of some season. The that, taskmaster. Oh my god, it's the taskmaster. <laughs> Can we model it after him? You should sure. talk to the writers on that one. That's be like, right. I gotta, let me break this story for you guys. How's the fan base for you? Amazing. Really? Has it changed first season to sixth season, or has it always been a mixture of children brony? Uh, I think there are aspects of it that have certainly changed since I first encountered it. When I first started coming to conventions in 2012, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll muse about this for a moment, if that's all right. It's Absolutely. a podcast, so I don't need to come up with sound bites, right? No, no. Um, when I when I first encountered the fandom, I, I think it... Uh, for for me, I just was immediately overwhelmed by the uh, artistry and the talent and the generosity, um, and it, and it seemed to me like this really, it, it felt like a movement in a way. Like it yeah. felt like it was this 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 shift towards communal ideas and working together to solve problems and. Uh, like a move away from the kind of traditional machismo that that sort of demands that you do something on your own, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and all that. And I, and I thought that was a, a, a genuinely positive direction. And then, as as happens in fandoms, I've discovered because this is really my first fandom that I've been involved with. Over the years, it starts to get factions and break apart a little bit. But I feel like actually what's happening now, I, I, I hear some people saying that this might be the end of the Brony fandom. But you know what? I actually think what's happening now is it's settling more than yeah. anything else, as opposed to ending. I think it's settling. And it's kind of settling back into that place of uh, generosity of spirit and uh, and love and tolerance and all those things. I feel like it's generally setting back into that, but it's not to the extreme that it was. I think at the very beginning it was like everybody was trying to play that part and trying to play the part of the supremely generous, supremely tolerant, supremely loving, uh, and I, I'm going to say male particularly, which I know excludes um, children and women. Uh, but uh, 
but I think because the, the fandom is predominantly male, I, 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 I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. As far as the children go, I, I, I see more children coming and more women coming more recently, which is interesting. Yeah? Yeah. Well, like, I was, I was telling um, Brenda mm-hmm. that... Brenda Crishlow. Yes. Voice actor of Zakora. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Just Fascinating. Pe- people have just listened to her interview. Wow. And now they're listening to me. And now they're listening Isn't to me. Isn't that magical? Right? It's like when you when you wake up one morning in Disneyland and then you go to sleep in your own bed. <laughs> Somewhere else in if, the world. If I could wake up every morning at Disneyland, I'd be a happy camper. I don't care if I would have to would drive. You camp, would you camp at Disneyland? If allowed. If allowed? Yeah. Would you just pitch a tent like somewhere in Tomorrowland? and Forever or just for like a weekend? Well, for a weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Would I also get – would I get to ride the rides after oh, the Yeah, closed? of course. Because let's assume that like you just get out of your tent in the morning. You, you know, after it closes, you can light a little fire and make yourself some wieners. Some pork and beans. Sure. <laughs> pork and beans and a little tin cup. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining that. Tomorrowland. Like, in Tomorrowland. I feel that would be more fitting for Frontierland. Frontier. Frontierland. Fantasyland. Yeah, it would be more fitting. In Tomorrowland, it would just be like you'd have a – you'd have a, like a – like a, a, what? What do they call them on, on like the Star Trek? I, I want to say holodeck, but that's not what I mean. It's the no, it's the, the, the little food port yeah. thing that they. Oh have. yeah, that'd be fun. What do they call it? I don't know what they call it. I can't remember what they call it. It wasn't a synthesizer. It was like a a food deliveries thing. Food de- tea, Earl Grey hot thing. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Cut this part. <laughs> Possibly, but <laughs> see if 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 we camped in Disneyland and it was cold out, we could go into the Hell Room. When is it cold in California? One day in December. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if it's that night, if it's that night, we could go into the Mister Toad's Wild Ride in the Hell Room. Mm-hmm. See, that'd be great. Uh, are you based in L.A. or Vancouver? I'm based in Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. But you've been to Disneyland, obviously. Yes, yes. Favorite ride? Uh, at Disneyland, favorite ride? Hmm. Probably Pirates. Pirates? Really, at Disneyland. See, I'm the same way. I'm I a think Pirates guy. is. I think Pirates is really, really well-crafted. And, and, and I've, just had the, I've just had the pleasure of going to uh, Disney World okay. recently. And I, I'm now able to compare the two Pirates rides. Uh-huh. And, I, and I have to say the California one is exceptional. It's, it's wonderful. It's supreme. Um, and, and the thing that's the best about it is, you know, you wait in your line and whatever, and you go into the mansion, and inside there's this restaurant that's sitting on the lagoon, yeah. and you get into the boat on the lagoon, and you know the clink, clink of people eating and everything, and you, you get on your little boat, and your little boat sails through this slowly through this kind of evening tropical lagoon thing while you the, the sounds of the eating sort of get slightly more distant and then periodically you hear screaming coming from ahead of you just faintly at first <laughs> and you think what was that and then clink 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 goes away of the cutlery and then a little while later you know it's this very peaceful thing some crickets and stars are out and things and then another scream and the screaming gets louder, and you realize oh, this is going to happen to me. In a <laughs> and then it's like at the last second, you have to get to the other side of the lagoon. At the last second, it all just like you turn a corner, and it's pitch black, and there's nothing but that little skull that goes like, "Beware, all ye who enter here!" And you just dive into this pitch black. <laughs> you just don't know where you're going. And uh, it's like what I love about that is like it, it very quickly lulls you into this sense of peace, and then and then that. Small scream and a louder scream and a louder scream just makes you go, oh, God, 
Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> You're like, what is coming? And it really builds up your anticipation so well. And then you kind of go down that thing and then it's just goofy after that. But, uh, but in Florida, they don't do that in Florida. You just kind of go in go and, and, and there it is. So, uh, I, th- I think the California one is just, it's supreme. It's a great ride. Have you ridden it since they remade it with all the Captain Jack Sparrow yeah, stuff? Okay. Yeah. Did you ride it before as yeah. well? Okay. Yeah. Thought preference or it doesn't matter. Uh, I, it didn't really matter. It didn't feel altogether different to me. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I noticed that the Captain Jack Sparrow animatronics were a lot better. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That's because of 40 years of, you yeah, know, innovation. Absolutely. You know, the neat, the neat thing about going to Disney World in Florida and Epcot and that whole sort of thing was it had a lot more of that uh, animatronic stuff and that early Disney, you know, future yeah. robot thing like the hall of presidents is still there and bear country like the, the the country bear jamboree is still there they don't do that in california anymore yeah they um fix space unfortunately yeah, yeah for sure but uh but it was really cool for me to go on like the you know like the carousel of progress and stuff like that in california <laughs> it's so bad it's so cheeseball and um and and you sort of understand why they took a lot of that stuff out. But yeah. for me, it was really fun to go on, or like the you know the ride inside the ball at Epcot, which sort of takes oh, yeah. you through like the history of technology and innovation. And it's like you know the you know the, sort of goes all the way back to like the ancient Egyptians did this, and the ancient Greeks did that, and the ancient Saudis did this, and then America happened, and then and we're, and, and we're off the we, best. Off we go into the future. <laughs> and but then it sort of you get to the top, and it's like the future for them is like it's the picture of the moon, the first picture of the Earth from the moon, and you kind of go, okay, well that blew everybody's mind. 50 years ago. <laughs> like, what you got now? Surely there's been another period, like Hubble maybe has taken something and, you know, can we talk about globalization a little bit or maybe, you know. You know the cell phone there. at all, no. But it's, no. <laughs> but, 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 but at the same time, like, they've got Judy Dench to narrate it and it's like, okay, so it's, you've re-recorded it, but like, but why? But why? <laughs> you know, why have you done that? Um, so it was it was really but I think I love that stuff like it really felt like you know like that old Tomorrowland stuff I talked about it. I mentioned the carousel already I thought like all of that sort of you know 1960s idea of what the future would be like like to me that's really fascinating and I yeah. love riding those things and 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 Florida has way more of that stuff because Disneyland is just like whatever's current whatever's new in California yeah. Star Wars land mm-hmm. yeah see I, I'm a fan of the old school rides. The Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion in but again, it's the same thing. Like in California it's great and in Florida it was kinda Meh. lame. It was a little bit cheese ball. I don't know why, because it wasn't exactly it wasn't entirely different. Yeah. But there's something about like I, I just felt like in, in California you've got this old mansion, right? It's yeah. in an old mansion. But in uh, in Florida it's in a studio building. Yeah. You know? You're not getting that feel, so it, that in-the-line yeah. feel. Yeah, so yeah. somehow you don't, you're just like it's just not as... On that note, I want to say at California Adventure, they have the Little Mermaid ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's in the same style. Like you, you get into a seashell yep. like the seats at and they, and they have that at Disney World as yeah. well, and it's the same ride. It's the same. And, it, and to me, those two are just as good as it's each a, other. Yeah. Because well, they're both modern. And it's that old-school animatronic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the old-school animatronics with new school technology yeah, that I yeah. just think is yeah. incredible. 
can we talk about you more? I don't know. I'm not. I want to, we can talk about Disney. <laughs> right. What do you want to know about me? Are you working on any projects other than you know? Well, I guess I'm, I guess season six is wrapped. Season six is well, oh yeah. Season done. six just the finale was today, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've missed it. So we've been we've been working on season seven. So that's oh been, yeah, that's been coming along. Are you excited for any twists and turns with Big Mac? Uh, you know what? It's hard for me to remember what season is what at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with um, you. Uh, I'm excited about that. Other projects, I'm really excited about a show called Chuck's Choice that I've been working on. Really? Um, very, very excited about that. It's uh, a bit more grown up uh, in its way than um, than Ponies, but it. Uh, on I, I, I don't think I've had more fun in a studio record than on Chuck's Choice. Yeah? So I'm really hoping that that connects with people. Okay. Because, well, uh, where can we find it? When can we expect it? Uh, I know that the online content is coming out to probably next month sometime in November, and... Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing it on television screens maybe in the new year, but I don't think we have a fixed date yet. Fixed date. Okay. But I'm very excited about it because it, I, for me, it was really funny. It was really, really fun to do, and I thought the episodes were very funny. And I was just talking to the director the other day, and he said that, uh, you know, on a lot of shows, it'll be funny in the recording session. The scripts will be funny, but by the time you get through the animation, you're so tired of it that it's not funny anymore. But he said with Chucks, it's like the more they work on it, the funnier it gets. So. Excellent. Uh, hopefully that is a good sign and we uh, get another season and the way we go. Wonderful. I, I please keep me posted on that. I would love to support because I follow I was, me on Twitter at actor Peter new and you'll find out all you need to know. And also my political views done. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and now I think we need to wrap up because the taskmaster is here. Oh, the taskmaster, right. not the evil taskmaster. We've decided the taskmaster is about to bring you to a giant faucet of meat. Though. I do need to go to the meat faucet. I, I would love a faucet of meat. And on that note, <laughs> no. um, if I can help with Chuck's choice, please shoot me an email. Oh, My email's sweet. on the back, and I'll follow you on Twitter. Absolutely. Right now. Thank, Thank you very you much. So it was much. really, really nice talking <laughs> really to you. Thank fun you. talking with you. Hey, is, are you sure there's nothing else you want to ask me about me? Because we've just talked about Disney for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were only like Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, is there anything else people should know other than at Peter New? Uh, at actor Peter New on Twitter or. Um, you know, follow me, Peter New, on Instagram. I really, I've been enjoying my Instagram a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like taking them photos. Yeah, taking them, I like taking them photos, and look for me in some small parts and some other things that are coming that I'm not Sounds allowed to talk about. I don't know. What else can I say? Tweet me, email me, and I'll tweet huh? them out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.